You're listening to I See What You're Saying, a podcast by Guide Dogs. This episode is presented by Sophie Thompson. Instructions. Want to put it in? Preheat yeah. the oven to 184 C, 350 gram, We need to add one tablespoon of baking powder. To the flour? Yeah, because then it says sift the flour and baking powder together. Okay. Let, me, let me just make sure if it's tablespoon. Yes, it's tablespoon. Hello, I'm Sophie Thompson. Welcome to Guide Dogs Podcast, I See What You're Saying. In this series, we're searching for a different take on what it means to be blind or partially sighted. And in this episode, we're looking specifically at how it affects families. Does blindness completely change the dynamic? Today, I'm joined by Roger Worley, whose daughter Josie is six and lives with a vision impairment caused by a stroke at birth. They also have Wolf, who's a gregarious three-year-old and has full sight. And also joining us is Rachel and Paul Sutton, whose three-year-old daughter Nell has the same visual impairment as her father Paul. Rachel and Paul also have two sighted children, Isaac 11 and Martha 2. So, Rachel... Turning to you first, we just heard a recording of what a slice of life is like for Roger's family and despite Josie's sight loss, it could be a recording from any family home in the country, really. Is it similar for you too? Did it ring familiar bells? Uh, Yes, it did, to be fair. Um, I think organised chaos is maybe what you might say. (laughs) Um, I think Josie was very precise, wasn't she? She What is Josie? Josie is Roger's little girl. Um, So, yes, I think it it does, really. It's just like our house. Um, Nal is very much the boss. I don't know if I have my banana. Um, Nal's got a banana. Paul, um, could you tell us a bit about the condition that you and your daughter Nell, who is three, I believe, share? Yes, um, I was born with congenital glaucoma. And, unfortunately... um, when Nell was born, uh, the doctor said that she had inherited the condition from myself. Um, as far as her vision goes that we can tell so far, obviously it's very difficult sometimes how she can convey what she can see, but she can definitely see colours um, and uh, objects if they're up close. Uh, unfortunately, she doesn't have a lens in her eye, so that makes it a lot difficult, but she wears glasses, which does improve her vision. Um, but it is... Very, very limited on what you can see. Oh, thank you, Paul. And um, Roger, you're fully sighted, as is um, your wife and other son, but could you tell us a bit about your daughter Josie's sight? I believe she's six. Yeah, that's right. Uh, She had uh, a stroke when she was born, and that affected the pathways uh, in her brain that take information from her eye to where it's essentially seen in the back of your brain so her eyes actually work reasonably well although they don't work together and she can see uh, words if they're big enough uh, but she can't see uh, moving objects so she can't see if cars are moving uh, and she can't really uh, gauge depth so steps are very very difficult for her so she doesn't really look at steps she feels with her 
heel and her foot, so she'll feel her way down uh, steps, but to her that's completely normal. Can I ask, um, throw it out there, that the personalities in development with a condition, what most defines um, that, do you think? For, for Nell, for instance, you've said she's incredibly confident and quite... Bossy? <laughs> bossy? Bossy? Are you now? <laughs> you don't seem bossy to me, but there's a structure. Do you do you find that there needs to be a much more specific structure, even in play or or um, when you're doing activities like baking together? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I think there is. I think it's important for now to have structure in any activity we do because she and likes to know what's going to happen. I yes. like and I like fruit. You do like fruit, I don't love you? Fruit, yes. yes. And I don't like somebody popping balloons. No, no. Oh, I like don't like that either because it makes me jump and and you don't know where it's coming from and that's discombobulating. But what what um how big is the issue to them your, do you think, do you talk about it a lot as a family? Um, yeah, I think we do, we're very don't o- we? We're very open. We're very oh, open with each other about it. We're always talking about it. Yeah. I mean, Nell's always asking questions about it. Martha, her sister, she's always asking questions about it. And I think it's just, it's important not to shy away from something okay. like that. Exactly, because, is it with you, Paul, because you, you, you have the condition that was passed on in... To, to Nell, do, does does Nell do, do you and Nell does that give you a particular bond in the sense of understanding how you perceive yeah, things in in your own particular yes, way? It's, it's de- there's a definite understanding there. I mean, I can relate to so many things to way Nell reacts to certain situations, or you know the way she plays and the way I play with Nell. It's it, it's a it's a lot easier for me to help her because I know what I went through, so I know how to help her. Um, and your other daughter, Martha, who's sighted, I understand that she asks a lot of questions too so that she can help you Yeah, she's, you all, she's and always Nell. looking at my eye saying, oh, is your eye like Nell's? Is Nell's like your eye? And why is your eye like that? And do you have pooly eyes? And it, it's really nice just to sort of, that she's not, a sister's not shy to ask questions. That's so brilliant, isn't it? It's so important. Martha and... Um, Isaac, I understand, enjoy being those extra eyes and I would have thought that makes them feel particularly valued. Is that something that um, connects you as a family in a very particular way that would... Yes, because we all help each other. You yeah. know, it's... it's you know, We all help each other. Isaac is very passionate about helping and, and showing how to do things. And we all, as a family, we're all out there really yes yeah but i think um Nell's quite passionate about now enabling her to be independent isn't he really um because he's grown up with having a blind dad it's kind of second nature for him really to just like guiding wise things like that and describing things yes so i think for for isaac he's really he's really wanting now to be um, as independent as, as possible, really. So he will help her, but also he pushes her as well. <laughs> Does he? Have yes. Normal family behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> Roger, can, bringing you in, and I know you've got Wolf, who's 
sighted and yes. younger yeah, he's three. than Josie, but he they're very they've got a very particular connection as I understand. They it. have. Um when I mean when Wolf was born, Josie wasn't too interested in him. And <laughs> I'm sure that's the same for many many families. Um and they actually slept in the same room. And it wasn't really until Wolf began sort of verbalising and really learning to sort of say words that she really became quite attached to him. We're not sure how much she was aware that he was he was there and she didn't really pay too much attention to him. But as soon as he started to be able to speak, they developed this really, really strong bond. And we'd wake up and hear them in the morning for up to an hour and Josie would be teaching him how to speak. That's. Do you think that that when I read about that, I thought it must have been for him if not being seen in a particular way made it more important for him to be heard. And and I'm sure. Do you think that made his language development race ahead? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That that's such a lovely um, element because I also enjoyed reading about Wolf. Um, being very sensitive to what he mentions that he's actually seen in case she doesn't feel involved. And also the fact that she pushes him about and he does a commentary yes. for her. And that's that's a very particular link. It, it, it suggests that it adds a very particular profundity to that sort of sibling bond. Yeah, it does. And I think I think quite a lot of it is just subconscious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wolf's only three, but yeah. I think he is very caring and in many ways... He is really looking out for her, but I think if you asked him whether he did, he he wouldn't really know that he did that. He just sort of takes that in his stride. It's an instinct. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I'm sure. Yeah, it's an instinct. Exactly right. Is it possible, anyone, (laughs) throwing this out there, to define the differences to set up where everyone is is fully sighted? What would could you? Would it be possible for to put into words? what that feels like for people that don't have that experience well, in I'm, a family. I would say that we have to think ahead and plan a little bit if we're going to do something. We we try to be spontaneous, just like, just like anyone, but I think you do have to bear in mind that, for example, if we're going somewhere new, we try to wear bright clothes so Josie can see where we are and we try to ask about steps and if there are steps, for example, we go to someone's house, the first thing we do is we take her to the steps and we say, here they are, she can go down them, she'll count them and she'll she'll be able to tell you how many there are, you know, two weeks later. Um, And so also if there's there's going to be something that her and her brother Wolf are going to be doing, Wolf will generally be able to do it better than her, so it's it's quite tricky. Yeah. So we have to almost split them up a little bit so that Josie can yeah. be successful and good at something, and Wolf can also be good at it too. It can be very frustrating for yeah. for Nell in those sort of situations, like just for instance, like to like a play centre or something like that. Martha can just go zooming off. Yes. And they'll be like, "Where's Martha? Where's Martha? I want to go. I want to go." You know, and I can relate to that because it's very frustrating. But um, but you get around it, you know. It's not a it's not a big thing, you know. You make you sort of well, not what's the word I'm looking for. You I think adjust we, to it. You yeah, know. we do. We adjust to it, and I think um, Nell's very 
quick, isn't she, at learning routes and mapping routes in her head. So she, she'd be able to sort of, if you showed her the way round once, then she'd be able to do it by herself then, wouldn't yeah. she? That was something that really struck me, and that sort of correlates with something that I read about Josie as well, that's remembering spaces, shapes and dates, being very specific and having these uh, these skills that aren't perhaps yes. prevalent in fully sighted um, children or adults indeed, that, that sense of um, being able to log things in such a sort of acute and specific way. It relates somehow to sort of self-preservation as well, so she'll remember the steps because it's in her interest to yeah. and she doesn't want to trip, yeah. whereas her brother Wolf doesn't, give a, doesn't care about <laughs> how many steps there are, you know, just bound up and down them. That really defines the family space as well, the importance of things being in the right place. Do you think your home is incredibly tidy? <laughs> no, Comparatively. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we try. That's what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but are you quite strict about certain things like that? Yeah, I think we are, aren't we? Um, for now, but also for you. Also, you can yeah. sort of play with the children independently. It makes and... things go a lot smoother, you know, when you know where stuff is and yeah. Nell knows where stuff is. And even if something isn't in its place, then Martha will, even at the age of two, um, is very good at going and finding yeah. things, isn't she, for you? She enjoys doing it. Yeah, I think she, she enjoys does. To, that she's making a difference, you know, yeah. to, to yeah. Nell and me. Yeah. <laughs> Kids just respond to what's there, what isn't there, what they have, what they don't have, Absolutely. in a positive way, um, and go, right, I can't do this, but I can do that, or... I've got this great skill of remembering dates. Mum didn't remember the date for the doctors, whatever it yes. was, that, yeah. um, which must be a very, a very positive it part is. of the journey. It is. Um, and again, Jo, she's not known any different. So to her, it's just the world is how she sees it and how she experiences it. And I think she just intuitively just makes the most of everything, as does her brother. Yes. Do they do they talk do they talk about it in a different way? Does Josie uh, Im imaginatively? Do you think? Uh, do you notice as a parent? Uh, it just so interests me that how it would affect the imagination and how they see the world around them, as it were, in, in such different ways. That's an interesting point because Josie does talk about her dreams, which is very interesting because obviously you you imagine that dreams can be based on things that you've seen or and she has very very vivid dreams that she she describes and explores and tells us about so in terms of her imagination it's boundless really um i mean she's always making up stories and songs and she likes rhymes and you know she's just playful really she likes word play and it. the books that she loves. Yes, the the ones that are printed in large print on a on a, a coloured background. Yeah, we've we've uh, ordered many of those, and she just wakes up in the morning when it's dark, turns her light on, and starts reading. Yes, and she doesn't need any magnification or anything that she she uses a an a magnifying uh, reader at, at at school. Yeah, uh, but yeah, at home she has the books that she just will read all day if she could. <laughs> so the issue for them, from what you're all saying, actually, is that that when you understand something in that instinctive way, it's not a problem. It's just part of the way you live your lives and the in the. And it affects the choices that you make 
as a family, but it's not looked upon as as a subtraction. In it, it, quite the quite the reverse. In fact, would you say, Paul? I mean, with your experience and having the experience of of, of the partially sighted yourself. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's like you say, it's just normal. You know, you, obviously, we're all aware of the 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 um, different things we have to do, the modifications you might think about, but it's it's you do things differently, but it's normal. If, yeah, if you know it's just I mean. part of our family, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I can't imagine it any other way no. in some yeah, respects. Yeah. yeah, you're so used to being around that situation, and I think for a lot of people, that's a challenge and something that obviously needs to be addressed in some way so that we can all be, you know, make those connections and be more helpful. Because it must be, on the one level, it could be seen as a slightly isolating, that there's certain things that can't be done. And I mean, as a parent, I think, I I know that I would have these frustrations and want to, you know, change the world. Yeah, I think, I think right. there is part of that, but right. then also we're trying to help now have our own voice from a very young age. So we actually prefer it if people come up to us and ask say, questions. Yeah, ask questions. And also children. I think it stems from being a child. So now's um she's in her first year of nursery at school and some children, you know, have said like, Oh, you've got a different looking eye, you know, yes. what's that about? And giving her the voice to actually And tell sometimes them. The, the parents <laughs> of the child are like, Oh no, don't say that. Yeah, and I will say, like, no, no, it's, it's okay. Fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, let them it's ask all about education and educated people understanding. You know, it's nothing to be scared or ashamed of. Yeah, it's... exactly. It's you know letting their children ask the questions, yes. letting them have the conversation between themselves, and letting now say to them, "Oh yes, I have got a different eye, and you know I'm blind and I see differently to you." Yes. You know, and then once they've got that out of the way, it's like, "Oh, do you like Peppa Pig?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't an issue. You know, <laughs> I love that. It's what so brilliant. I wish it, what well, is it an issue. There's so issue. many of them. What, what are they? Issue? They're those things now that you have to sort of try and chew over. Like um like this that we're chewing over today that isn't is is in one way is an issue and in in so many other ways isn't an issue. But I am um, I love that about kids will just ask quite blunt questions, weren't they? And as we get older we kind of go, Oh gosh, am I being embarrassing? Am I saying the wrong thing? Um, and actually, we all just need to pipe up. Is that? Yeah, I think the more talking about it's the better, isn't it? Really, it's. I think uh, this sort of sight loss or impaired sight is is difficult for people to appreciate um, because we we can all put our you know hands over our ears and yeah. you can you you can know what it might be like not to hear very well. But I think there's such a complex array of visual impairments that That's it's true. very difficult yes. for people to understand and a lot of times people say well can't you just wear glasses what well, doesn't yeah. that fix it and really it's so much more complicated mm. than that um and so i think people find it fundamentally quite difficult to to know what she can and can't see and because it's not a very visible disability yes a lot of times people will say oh really does she not See, and if Josie's in a familiar place, like at school, you might not necessarily know, but you take her to the beach where there's hundreds of people and she can't see, she wouldn't be able to find us. You, you know, it would be really overwhelming for her. Yes. So it's, it's uh, 
as Paul says, it's very important that we do keep uh, talking and educating, and that's you know that that's just our job really as as parents because mm-hmm. it's the, for the welfare of of uh, of our children. A few days ago, me and my mum were talking about my granny Megsy, whose sight was compromised in her later years due to hereditary glaucoma. You made the cottage super um, visual for, for Megsy. Coloured tape and things. Oh, yes, that's true. Because mm. her vision oh, became... Oh, coloured tape through the house. Yes. To follow the route to the loo. Her vision became quite sort of blinkered as if she said she, she said it was like looking down a tunnel. A tunnel. A little bit. Mm. It's interesting, though, that she shouldn't have gone blind, if you see what I mean. That was because she didn't go to have her eyes tested or looked at. Not not of that era, was she? Exactly, that's a brilliant point. And I was point. saying to somebody the other day, the only person who got it, as it were, suddenly, had walked into a tree. I mean, he literally <laughs> had lost his ability to judge space. Because I guess it's all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And when if you lose one section of that you'll have to piece together the picture in a different way but having said that it must have come on leaps and bounds because your drops Mm. seem to me to be doing a phenomenal job they are doing a phenomenal job when did you know to start doing that because of mother yeah um i i was told to go yeah and have it tested it's very clever you've got to admit it yeah you got it okay slightly perhaps you straight on to the medication, and you do, it's wonderful. I mean, obviously, me and Em go regularly because yeah. I'm, I go on a yearly basis, uh-huh. and I do that funny thing where, I mean, that's to do with the peripheral peripheral vision, which I can't say, let alone spell. I was rather impressed. When you put your head on that thing, and yes. they ask you to ask how many lights you can see. Yes. I quite enjoyed that one. <laughs> We went to the eye doctor the other day, didn't we? We and did. he's like, proper pleased with you. Yes. I wish Megsy had had these eye drops, because they're clearly... Yes, she didn't. Marvellous. true. She was um, very brave about the whole thing. Hmm. And brilliant, because she always talked about what she could see rather than what she couldn't, if you know what I mean. Yes. And was no, quite no, funny about that. made no fuss about it at all. And you, as well, can I just say, just blowing your trumpet for a minute have never made a hoo-ha about it either, although, as you say, your sight is really quite brilliant still. Yes, I can see you. (laughs) Mixed blessing. Paul, might I ask you, it's this hereditary condition that Nell has, and I understand you lost your sight in your teens. Uh, yes, um, well, well, I was uh, one of uh, twins. Um, We were both born with uh, congenital glaucoma. Um, unfortunately, my brother lost his eyesight when he was seven. He had his eyes removed because he was in a lot of pain. Oh. Um, I had my right eye removed when I was 13 because I was in a lot of pain. Uh, I had a little bit of vision. I could get around with a cane and I could read exceptionally large print, very large. Uh, but when I turned 18, I suddenly woke up. Um, when it, I went to bed in the evenings for a relax got up and everything was all cloudy and I could only see light and dark and it was a detached retina and that was the end of that. <laughs> Has Nell's journey so far been comparable to yours in any way? Or? She's had um, numerous operations, which is like 
myself. Mm. Um, I can really relate to that, and she's been really brave through them all. Mm. Um, in the first, was it, um, you know, she's had 13 operations. Yeah, in her first year, yeah, the wasn't first it? Year, it was the first year was quite rough, really, because they had never seen an eye like Nails before. No. So um, her consultant actually compared it and said that, um, it, you know, her eye was one in six billion. Um, he'd never see an eye like this ever again in his career. So they were quite tentative with operations and things. So um, she had a lot of. Th- different problems with her eye didn't she yeah uh but thankfully the last year and a half has been or two years really has she hasn't had to have any operations since her last operation was two weeks before martha was born her younger sister so and have, (laughs) have those procedures changed enormously since your day paul um i'm presuming they have (laughs) 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 i mean mean, mean, yes i mean um yeah, I think so. <laughs> so were you the um do you recognise very well Nell's approach to her own condition? Is that something that you completely do you yeah, remember? Yeah. You know, taking her time with things, tracing along with her hands, that kind of thing. I've I've been through all that. And you taught her how to do that from a very young age, yeah. just as a baby, before she could even walk, you, you taught her, didn't you? Yeah. That's what I, my next question actually was, are the challenges really different now? Because I always think, oh, you know, it's, things are so different now and so technical. Does that does that impact it? I think for us, the, the challenges for now um, uh. is how, really, how um, her eye is going to be, how her sight's going to be as she gets older, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, and obviously there's you know, although technology has advanced, um, really how much they're going to be able to do for her, you know, every time she has an operation, it weakens her eye. Yeah, there's always a chance of something going wrong, isn't there? Does Josie have the, are those experiences uh, correlate with you in any, any way, Roger? Well, it, it, her, does she have operations? She or hasn't. Um, we are only really recently getting a clearer picture of, of what her vision's like um and so because she she hasn't got a kind of traditionally named uh condition um although she has something called cerebral visual impairments um she it we haven't actually had that much help or assistance um she had a scan when she was a few days old which was pretty bleak and they said she might not be able to walk or talk or see. Um, and so we've really sort of celebrated, uh, you know, crawling and then walking and then talking, you know. And so we, my wife and I said, you know, do you know what? If her vision's affected, then, you know, that's the, that's the, we'll take that because we weren't sure how, how she was going to, how she was going to recover. And the doctors couldn't really give us any you know uh prognosis about what it was going to be like and actually she's been fantastic um and really the vision kind of took a back seat because we were more concerned about her being a bit more independent and moving and playing and she's recently learned to skip which is exciting um (laughs) Uh, her brother's trying to as well he's not quite mastered it um so We've now recently, now we understand a little bit more because, again, it's very complex what's going on mm. um, because it's essentially areas in the brain that deal with the, the information that the eye gathers. Essentially, her eye, 
there's nothing really wrong with both of them but it's what happens to the information once it leaves the eye into the into the opposite nerve and through to the back of the brain um so they've just dis discussed possibly doing an operation or an operations in future because she has um a squint so one of her eyes will go out to the side and back in and out to the side and she generally uses one eye at a time so she doesn't see depth um so there's a lot of sort of functional stuff we do with her and we try to challenge her as much as possible um and then you know we, we sort of really tailor it and work it out from from what she can what she can do and what she struggles and we realize that she gets she gets very tired um because she's 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 dealing with visual information in a different way and the processing of it is quite quite complex and so for example if she's um uh, uh, we we had uh, someone from guide dogs recently do a habilitation visit to to the school and one of the things in the report that they wrote which was very interesting was for example when she's getting changed for pe because that's quite demanding for her don't then give uh instructions to the class cuz Josie will be focused on her buttons and which she finds very difficult and shoes and everything like that so she then probably won't take in and then I want you to get a ball and go and line up and do all these other things so it's, it's little things like that so we're really learning all the time about what, what about what's going on and really because she had a kind of isolated event take place it's not degenerative or it's not going to deteriorate so the only real uh, in in um, procedures or interventions they might do would be to try to help her eyes work together rather than independently. Wow, do you uh, you mentioned the word prognosis, and I, I was thinking about again as a parent how you that how you forecast things in a very different way. You must have to for well, you've just said that, haven't you? I mean, you you have to forecast things in a very bespoke way because they're coming up in a unique. Yeah. I mean, as all, as all of us and yes. all our kids are unique. They surprise you, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the extra surprises and extra challenges, which clearly she's rising to in, in an extraordinary way. And having to learn things that you know we we don't even have to think about. As you say, it's back to that instinct thing. It is of finding what she can do and and the, and and how to move forward with what she's got exactly, rather than what she might not have. Yes. Um, because uh, I understand that you moved... Did you move specifically somewhere quieter, Rogers, because it would give Josie more independence yes. as she grew? I mean, as families, those are big decisions, aren't they, that are yes. delineated we, by we circumstance? Lived, we were, Josie was born in London, her brother was born in London, and uh, we realised when she was sort of one or two that roads and pavements were quite overwhelming for her and we kind of lived on a crossroads and it was traffic lights and police cars and you know she doesn't see moving objects so she can't tell whether a car's moving or not so really we were coming out of our front door and literally gripping her, <laughs> holding yeah. her so she wasn't and she wanted to ride her scooter and you know do what other kids were doing and it it, it really made the decision for us really because even though where she, she was at a little preschool then, even though that was a, you know a few minutes walk away, she would never have been able to do that, you know, without someone holding on. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to literally go 
in a sense, day by day and slice by slice because you've got more unknowns or do you feel I mean, that you plan, actually... You plan where you have to, you know, what a lot of the time you just have you just have to go with it because you can't spend your time sort of worrying about this, that and the other. I mean, obviously, yeah, there's limits. You have to sort of do a certain amount of planning, but you just go with it, really. Paul, what do you... I mean, how best... I mean, I, 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 it boggles my mind, but how best can do you think can society sort of change and adapt... Um, in 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 its approach to to blindness and partial sightedness, what are the things that you you know you'd like to see happening? Just I suppose more sort of information about it, more discussions about it. Don't shy away from it. You know, I mean, guide dogs are doing you know lots of promotions. The NIB is doing lots of promotions all over the you know country, and just it's just for people just to watch and listen and learn from it, really. Yes. Guide dogs do a... Did you do um, a weekend, was it, Roger, where you go and you get Yeah, we went to... Information. Uh, it was called Family Fun Weekend. It was for families with children who'd had sort of recent diagnoses of um, impairment. And at that time, we weren't really getting any help from anywhere, really. Um, and we were just going to regular appointments at the hospital, which weren't particularly helpful. And uh, guide dogs were just fantastic. We went to this weekend and there were, ooh, I don't know, 15 families, just like, you know, uh, Paul and Rachel and Nell. And everyone had different family situations. There were young children, older children, you know, people partially sighted, blind. It was fantastic. And they, everyone was together. We were all in a hotel for designed for partially sighted or impaired people. And yeah, from morning till evening, it was just a load of fun. It was fantastic. It was, just like a nor- it was almost like a normal weekend and they had all kinds of interesting stuff going on and it was very informative and we played loads of games and it was just it was just great it must have been bliss after going through that sense of being perhaps a little bit isolated and going hang on a minute who do we have exactly this is a different set of experiences going on here it was fantastic like you say paul i mean you you're so sort of pragmatic about it and and that's so marvellous is someone like me who's got no real experience apart from my gran. And that's very different because, you know, her, her um, deter- the ter- deterioration of her sen- sense is a very different scenario because she was a much, you know, she was an older lady and, mm-hmm. and it, it came with that part of life, which is very, very different. Um, whereas you're in the the absolute discovery stage when there's so much to take in anyway and then you've got this whole lot of extra stuff so having guide dogs and all that all that they've got to offer support yeah there is always support it must be such uh yeah to comfort and help you know yeah it's such a light yeah I think you've definitely been rather marvellous. <laughs> and now you've been particularly marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> Seems right, we're all... Yeah. Well, what would, what would you like to say now? Yeah, no, what do you, you like? Please tell us things. Um, I like to play with my sister called Martha. Do you? Yeah. And you like using... My 
you came. You came, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you <laughs> learning with that cane now. It looks amazing. You, you've really got it down. You just, you've got all your roots. It helps you a lot, doesn't it? It's giving you a lot of independence to go and do it by yourself. Yeah. Brilliant, Nell. You've got it written on your trousers, but it says born to shine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say thank you, Paul, Rachel, Roger, and of course, Nell, for sharing your experiences. If you've enjoyed our chat today, find out more and subscribe to Guide Dog's new podcast series, I See What You're Saying. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to I See What You're Saying by Guide Dogs.